Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name, of course, is still Paul Madat. Thank you very much for allocating the time. I have Nancy Larson. She is Director of Merchant Services coming to us from American Express in dreary Orange County, California. Nancy, how do you put up with it every day? Oh, it's such a struggle, but uh, we persevere out here, Paul. Thanks so much for having me. You're very welcome. Say hi to everybody and provide a quick intro and then we'll get into it. Really excited to join the podcast today. Um, As Paul said, my name is Nancy Larson and I'm a director of merchant services here at American Express. Um, I'm based in Orange County, California, and but I hail from the great state of North Dakota. So there was definitely a progression to thinking, okay, 10 months worth of winter or 11 months worth of sunshine. So not a difficult shift to decide to come to Orange County. Um, I've been here for a little bit over 20 years. I was raised, uh, as I mentioned, in a rural community. Uh, both of my parents grew up and were, uh, were farming kids. Uh, my mom was a nurse. My dad was the chief engineer at the Minot Air Force Base on the uh, Minuteman missile site. So grew up with, um, you know, one of those kind of childhoods where I got to see two very hardworking parents do great work. And I'm out here now in California, I have three beautiful children. My husband and I live out here and we've been out here a little over 20 years. Awesome. Well, it's so great to meet you. Uh, I'm looking forward to you getting into it. You ready to go here? I'm ready to go. All right. So you know, the title of the podcast is called Your Intention Matters. And as we've been speaking before I hit record, that really is built on my premise that nothing is really given to any of us. And it all starts with what's up top with your intention and vision and mindset. And I'm looking forward to your sharing your story. So we're going to go back in time here, Nancy, just a couple of years <laughs> to the, the mid 1980s. It was, it was a glorious time in the 80s, wasn't it? I mean, honestly, it was so I'm, good. I'm an 80s kid myself. And I just, uh, you know, you just kind of love the, you know, the time when you grow up. And so let's go back to the mid 80s. You're graduating high school, you're in college. Uh, do you remember where you were at mentally at that time, what you thought you wanted to do, if we take you back to that time frame, as you're getting ready to kind of plant your flag in the world? Well, it, I, I'm going to first agree with you that the 80s was amazing. I mean, the hair, the clothes, where could you go wrong, right? I mean, shoulder um, pads, everything, right? Shoulder pads, shoulder pads defined uh, fashion. But yeah, I, you know, they, it, it was kind of an interesting time because I graduated high school and I was set to go to the local college. I went to Minot State University, um, small town, and I was going to be a psychology major. And I had been a pretty good student in, in high school. I mean, well enough, I, I probably capable of, of a work, but B plus was good enough for me. And I went to college and I just, um, the first year, I think I just realized, look, I'm just not thriving here. This isn't amazing. And I think I had a bit of immaturity in that I thought, well, what's going to be a fun job? And so I decided I wanted to be a travel agent and I finished my first year of college. And then I packed up my bags and I went to travel school and I became a travel agent. Any pushback from mom and dad about the idea of you not finishing your education? It was interesting with mom and dad, because I think, again, being, you know, mid eighties, we were really just turning 
a corner um, from just a decade earlier, right? There was women's roles were still very traditional. You know, you mm. got you got married, you stayed at home. Um, a lot of my friends in high school were still doing that. So I think they were glad that I that I was getting a job in hospitality. They thought that would be respectable. And I think that the thought was I would get married and I would have a nice supplemental income for the family and that I wasn't really going to be per se the breadwinner. So um, they supported it and they, they were glad I had a plan. Interesting mindset, even just not that long ago. I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. only 30, 35 years. It really wasn't like a lifetime ago, right? That that was the mindset of that the women's role was really secondary, submissive, uh, not really taking charge, but just, okay, go do what you can. And then, you know, support, uh, you know, what you can there. So, all right. So you, did you actually become a travel agent? I did. And, and it was amazing. I I will tell you, um, it's one of those jobs I think people talk about. And if you talk to anybody in that industry, it is a really fun job. And it seems like the whole world is at your fingertips. I mean, you can fly almost anywhere. And uh, we, we, it was a time and an era too, where the airlines and the different tour companies, they wanted you to see their product. They wanted you to experience it. So for a young person, I thought I had made the best career move ever. And then uh, not too long after that, I got married and I realized I needed to have more of an income <laughs> because <laughs> now I didn't live at home with my parents and could right. fly anywhere. I needed to be able to, yeah, put, put bread on the table, so to speak. Right. It's expensive to wake up every day, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So um, how long did you um, work as a, as a, um, uh, um, sorry, a travel agent? In travel. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long did you do that? And then what was next for you? So I worked in travel overall for about five years, but I was only in the first, and that was one of the first jobs that um, I really had to kind of find, find a space. You know, I had to, as I mentioned, we had our son and we were both young parents, but at one point I realized we couldn't really put enough food on the table. I mean, I was, I think I was making $900 a month. I can't even imagine at this point how people survive on that. So I, I was in the role for a couple of years after we had our son though, I realized I was contributing a lot in sales. I was a good salesperson. I could sell those vacation packages. I could upsell. Um, my agency was making a lot of commission. And so about three years, I suppose, in the job, I had that first big conversation with my, with my boss at that time, my leader, the gentleman who owned the travel agency. And I said, Hey, uh, I'm bringing in about four times commission from what you actually pay me. Um, I think we need to negotiate a raise for me. Wow. And well, it, yeah, uh, it sounds like I was confident. I was terrified. <laughs> he didn't know that, right? He didn't. Um, at least he didn't to the intent that he did give me the race. All right. Um, but he made me prove my, my value. You know, he said, why, why, why would I do this? Like, what's this worth to me? And he asked me too, you know, what else are you going to do to really support this higher income that I'm, that I'm paying you? And so I think it was my first experience in really understanding your value, but also learning a little bit, the art of negotiation, right? You got to speak up for yourself. Okay. And so, so he gave you a raise. And so how long did you stay there? I was only there for another year. Another year. Okay. And then, yep. And then my husband actually graduated school. He was in college at the time. And then we ended up moving to Pennsylvania. And when I got to Pennsylvania is when I got my first job with American Express. So I was hired in at King of Prussia, Pennsylvania as a travel agent for American Express travel. So where in Pennsylvania were you? uh, King of Prussia, which is probably about 30, 45 
miles from Philly. Okay. So was that the big city for you coming from South Dakota? It, it was the big city for yeah? me, right? Okay. I was, I was big city adjacent. I was close. Okay. All right. So, you know, I, I'm curious about your time frame here because, you know, you're still young, your husband's young, he's in school, you're working at the time, not making enough to, to really make ends meet or, or live like a massive life of choice and do all, but you're also a mom as mm-hmm. well. And so um, how did you, how did you manage all of that? Because that's a lot going on there. I think the benefit that you have when you're young like that is sleep becomes a little bit of an optional activity, right? Um, you seem to bounce back from all of life's challenges and sleepless nights. And I also learned to really love coffee. Um, and I think you just get better at deciding what's important. You know, if, if rest is important at that time, um, and I, you know, I was in my early twenties, right? At some point you just learn, okay, I can't function at a high level if I don't have enough juice in the tank. So mm. I think I started to learn how to take care of myself a little better. All right. And then the people around me, right? Now you mentioned, or I mentioned, as I introduced you, that you are a director at American Express, but then you just mentioned that you found American Express as your next job. So I, I take it we're into the early nineties here. So does that yes. mean you've been with American Express ever since? I have been with American Express ever since. Okay, I need you to explain this to the audience because I know there are some people listening who can't even comprehend the idea of staying with one company for for 27 months, let alone, you know, 25 <laughs> plus years. And so uh, tw- obviously you've served American Express well and they've served you well. You know, I, I'm really, really so lucky to work for this company. And I... Um, I feel like it was sort of my first grown-up job, if that makes sense. So I'd had jobs, I'd worked in different in different businesses. But if you think about the journey, I started with American Express, I was 26 years old. And they hired me as a travel agent, right? So I was still doing this job that, mm. that I had done. And I, I loved working for them as a travel company. But now today, I'm a director of a sales team that focuses predominantly on um, finance and working capital and these types of discussions, right? There's a whole progression of time in there of how did, <laughs> how did that happen? So one of the things I can say, and I, I think it's really important that people think about the companies that they work for, because many companies do this. I joined Amex without a finished college education, hmm. but I had drive and I had tenacity and I had ideas and I had, um, had leadership qualities that they did see. And what they gave me was an opportunity to, to show those. And as I was able to show those, I was able to start working on career development. Um, I had leaders every time that you join, like if you were to join American Express today, one of the first things your leaders does is sit down with you and say, let's talk about your development plan. What do you want to be? What are the skills that you have? Um, And so I had these opportunities to have those conversations. And as I got better at things, people were watching. And then as the opportunities came up, it didn't matter that I didn't come in with the picture perfect resume. I was able to demonstrate a skill set and leadership to move to the next position. And I did that several times within American Express. Yeah, you know, I can really appreciate that uh, that comment because I, I'm in a similar boat as you. And as, a, as we've talked about, we're all in the same boat, just a different logo on the bag, quite frankly. But I was a mm-hmm. guy where I, I went to college, took economics, didn't graduate. I, I couldn't wait to start working. Like I just, I, yeah. I got to I gotta start go making money, like minimum wage money. I got to start working. Like I was making nothing, but it's like, I had to work, right? I couldn't, mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get into the workforce for whatever reason. 
And I worked at Xerox for about 10 years and they gave me a shot as well, similar to American Express as you. I, my resume was hardly, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it didn't jump off the page or anything, right? It was a kid with a uh, high school education. And even though that was back in the early 2000s, late 90s, there was still a time when, you know, everybody was going to college at the time. It wasn't like it was the 60s and the college education was, was, was a small percentage. Everybody was going to university and college and I was the guy who didn't. And so Xerox gave me a shot. American Express gave you a shot. In, in my old world, there was an unwritten rule where you'd have to be in a job for, call it two to maybe three years before they would even consider a next job for you. And you had to do very well in that job, especially on the sales side. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like you had a few different roles, I imagine, over 20 plus years at American Express. I did. Yeah. I, I think we got the opportunity to reinvent. And, you know, actually, before we move to that, I'll, I'll answer that in a moment. I do want to say, you know, it's interesting because in hindsight, I coming into a company like that without the college education, I realized I probably could have moved faster with it. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. if anything, but I, I think it's important to talk about companies that, you know, kind of look at employees holistically and 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 there are a lot of them out there i'm lucky to work for one um but yeah so i i i have kids right now right that i'm saying hey get your college apps filled out we're we're gonna get you to school um but anyway the, what happened and i'll just, just kind of speed read on this one i had um once i was in travel i became a leader in travel and i i led the reservation teams then they opened a, a new opened up a new role that was travel sales and at that point, I thought, okay, I'm ready for a change. And so I went from being um, what was called a team leader to a manager of a district where I sold travel sales. And I did that for several years. And then a few years later, so I'm going to say I was probably in these three to five year buckets. Mm -hmm. They wanted to open up a global support team. Now, the global support team was a big deal because this was a director role. And we were going to create this role from scratch to support all of the people like I was at that time that did that job, but we were just on the curve of new, new things like Expedia, online booking tools, yeah. um, ResX, Concur, right? All these names that are so familiar now. And so that, so I wanted that job so badly because I thought I'd been in the field for, you know, 10 years at that point. I knew exactly what we needed. Please, please, please let me build it. Um, and I, I advocated for the, for that job. And because I really, but I had to show a level of not only the sales expertise, they're like, you're a salesperson, why do you want this job? I had to come in and show that I had a process minded flow too, that I could run an organization, that I could build a matrix, that I could, you know, function it out. But I got that job and we built something amazing and it was the most fun I think I've ever had. And then they sold the travel division at American Express and it was like to a joint venture. And I thought, well, you know, do I go with this? And at that point, Expedia had taken over. There was no more money mm. to be made in travel. The commissions were really small. It was really low margin. And an opportunity came across my desk to move over to the merchant side. So I got to stay with Amex. But the trade-off was I had to take a step down. I wasn't going to be a director this time. I was going to go back to being a manager. So almost like you have to take one step back to go too forward. Was that your mindset at the time? I think it was a, a position as I thought through the pros and cons of trade-offs, trade right? Amex had helped me reinvent my career a few times. And the merchant side was very financially based. Um, we got to work closely with our card side of the house right there. I think everybody knows Amex is a credit card company. I had financial acumen, but I hadn't been able to use it completely 
in, in other roles. It was more process driven or sales driven around value props and things like that. Um, but yeah, the trade-off was I was going to have to take a little bit of a reduction in salary, but I thought it was a smart strategic lateral. I was going to be able to buff up my resume mm. with a brand new set of skills. And if I was good at it and Amex had showed me a few times that, Hey, we'll put you back in leadership when you get there. then I'd get that opportunity. And a few years in, I did. Um, so yeah. All right. Well, here's a little plug for Amex, little platinum card right platinum there. there card. You go. Thank there you. you go. All right. <laughs> little plug there for Amex. Okay. So, uh, how long were you in Pennsylvania for? Cause you're not there now. I was in Pennsylvania for about three years, three years. And then, yep. And then, uh, my husband got what I would call the first real job right out of school, postdoctorate work. And, um, came out to work out here in Orange County. And that was about mm, about 20 years ago, roughly. Okay. So you've been in Orange County 20 years. And so that's a pretty mm -hmm. cool story so far where, you know, the company takes a shot on you. They give you a chance to really grow your career. They move you a little bit as well. And so you go from mm -hmm. South Dakota to Pennsylvania to now Southern California. You know, if you think back to the move to California, I know you were a mom going to Pennsylvania, but were you a mom twice over, three times over moving to California? So uh, the last, uh, so the last baby was born in California. Okay. <laughs> one baby was born in Pennsylvania and the first one was born in Pullman, Washington at Washington State University. When you came out to California, how old was your oldest? Uh, he was 13 years old. Okay. So I'm, I'm curious about that move as, as a 13 year old. What is that? Grade eight, grade nine, whenever it ranges that range. I mean, that's probably... Yeah. That, that's right in the teens, right? He's got all his friends and his life is there. And so was, was that um, a, a difficult move uh, for, for the family? Yeah. yeah. And let me correct, because he was actually 11. I, I, you had me thinking in reverse numbers there. He was 11. My daughter was four. And it, it was a difficult move for the family, you know, because you're, you're taking in an entire new culture. I mean, I, I think anybody that's lived East-West. Totally, right? right? We, have, we have these amazing spots in the country. But if you look at living in New York versus living in LA, it's just, the vibe is different. So I think that was totally new because I kind of got used to Pennsylvania. Um, yeah, the little kids, they, they had all their friends, right? And even though we know now that's an easier change at that age, still traumatic. Yeah. Um, I got out here, my boss changed two days into my new role out here. So all of a sudden I had a new leader, a new house, new friends. Yeah, it's a lot. All right. And so let's talk about uh, 2020. Uh, Nancy, because it's been mm -hmm. one for the books, uh, you know, across oh, the board. It's just been one of those years. And, you know, I, I presume that, you know, American Express has not been immune to this uh, as a global organization as Xerox is and Salesforce.com and IBM. And these, these companies are all going to get through this because, you know, they're just they're strong enough. But I imagine that it hasn't been without a couple of ripples. And so I know you're recording this at home right now. Are you, are you still home based or is that are you up to that? Like how's 2020 been overall for you? Yeah, we we had the good fortune, I guess, within our roles because the the vast majority of time that we spent was with customers. So we had already made decisions years ago to put most of our employees home-based uh, because we were paying for expensive real estate, right? Orange yeah. County, LA, those kind of things. So we already had the virtual network that really helped us. Um, Amex also this year, and I, I agree with you, every company's had a ripple effect, especially the small businesses, right? The bigger companies, 
had had cash in the bank where they could ride some of this out. And yeah. so I think we were really lucky at that point. Um, our CEO came in and said, Hey, I'm going to stabilize everybody this year. I'm not making any sweeping changes. We're just going to ride. We're going to ride this year out. But that put us in a position too, I think, to really shift our efforts and focus on all of the businesses we work with and say, Hey, what's valuable now, right? L- last year, it might've been marketing. It might've been, um, you know, trying to get new buyers, it might have been right now, it might just be stabilization, recovery, mm. risk, um, those kind of things. So I think that was really great that our company could stabilize us so we could try to help in the recovery efforts of other businesses. Are, are, have you hired people this year? Are the people you haven't met yet on your team, like in the room or is it? Uh... Um, <laughs> no, we actually, we did, one of the things we did was for the most part, we froze open positions, right? Because we didn't know as there's so much change in the customer base that we're working with right now. I think we're waiting to see what, what happens. We, we won't have as many customers next year. Some of them unfortunately won't be in business. And for the ones that are, they may be more focused on, again, those recovery efforts than really trying to grow a new client base or things like that. You know, I really respect what you just said regarding the the decision from the top to say, we're going to stabilize things. We're not going to make this RAS decision and, you know, furlough half the company. And it's just so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that that it trickles down into the overall culture that you are used to working in as a, you know, we're going to protect each other here and we're going to get through this together. And so congrats on, you know, on finding that. And Nancy, I've enjoyed your story. I'm in South Dakota, Pennsylvania, you get married, you realize, okay, I've got to get after this now. Uh, the company takes a shot on you. They move you. You've been with them. Again, for some people, believe it, it happens. 25 plus years with a company is not that that on, uh, that uh, that foreign out there. And so um, great story. Congratulations on everything you've created thus far with some big decisions along the way with your kids and moving across the country and, you know, different uh, uh, circumstances and so on. I always like to ask anybody who's a guest for any advice, any feedback or, or any type of thing you would want to share. Like what's been your foundation that's really served you well? thus far in your life? Well, I think, you know, if I go back to like what's mattered, um, actually I'm going to use those exact words, what matters. Um, and, and, and you can use those words in business. You can use those words in your home life, right? You have to understand and your body tells you what matters, right? We all have this sort of intuitive system. Something doesn't feel good or something stresses you out. Um, I think I've learned to listen to that more in the last probably five, 10 years than I did my whole life. And maybe Mm. that's a benefit of getting older. But what I would say to anybody out there that's thinking through, like, think about how you wake up in the morning. How do you feel? Do you want to go do the job that you're doing? Um, Sunday night, does that feel like a a lovely settle in celebration of a great weekend or, oh my God, I got it. You know, so I, I think, you know, the biggest thing I coach people is, right, you have to play to your strengths. And you are getting signals of whether you're in a good place or you're not. If you're not in a good place, you can't use your superpower, right? Whatever, whatever makes you great, whatever makes you brilliant, brave, and um, all of those things, right? If you're not in a good place with that, then, then you have to make the change. And if you have to make the change, you've got to be brave. So you have to start by saying what matters. And if you're talking about the people in your life, I encourage everybody to remind people that you love, that you care about, that you matter. And just saying those words, I think, puts framing for you. I, I love that you just said that. That, that That's such a great way to uh, to kind of close off the conversation. Nancy Larson, it's such a great time and so nice to meet you. Thank you so much for being here. 
I really, really love this. Thank you so much for the invitation. You're very welcome. All right, everybody, let's wrap this one up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because I'm telling you, that's the result that you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We are online at sellingasimple.com. We'll catch you next week. And of course, be safe, everybody. Thank you.